Welcome back. Outdoor radio show is on News Talk 970, WKHM, ESPN 101.9, and around the world, too, at WKHM.com. Let's bring in Tom Knutson with our Knutson Sporting Goods, Hunting, Fishing Report, and more. Good morning, Tom Knutson. Good morning, Jamie. How are you? We're hanging in there. It uh, definitely gives us a little bit of excitement this morning when it was 33 degrees when I woke up. <laughs> You know what? Days like that, uh, you know, after a nice, nice, solid summer, uh, sure, sure, get your mind changing in, in directions for sure. In a hurry. I just wonder how many of the kids went out uh, hunting this morning and they weren't properly dressed. And about the half an hour after the uh, early morning uh, youth duck hunt, they were like, uh, "I'm freezing here." <laughs> get used to it. That's, That's that right. Time of year. Buck up. Yep, absolutely. You got to prepare for all different things, layers. That way you can uh, take stuff off. Seems like there's a lot of wood ducks around, and it seems like there's a few geese around, so I'm guessing there was probably a little shooting going on this morning. I would think there was a little bit of shooting. Um, you know, I didn't hear much, but uh, I've been inside the buildings trying to trying to, <laughs> trying to to get merchandise in them. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, the start of the, of the hunts. I mean, the hunting season is, is upon us wholeheartedly. A couple more weeks, and we'll be out there with uh, bow and arrows for the regular season. But today would open the, uh, I guess I forgot all about that. Today would open the uh, the early doe season. Absolutely. Yeah, today's, uh, yeah, today's the opening of early doe season. Uh, you had midweek, uh, the 15th, with the opening of small games. So now squirrel's on. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot more activity in the woods every, every single weekend, for sure. You know, I always worry about uh, that early season with it being so hot. And I kind of, I don't want to say I stick my nose up at it, but I usually just wait. Um, because I want the temperatures to be right, but that's not an excuse this weekend. No, not at all. <laughs> Temps are not excuses. Perfect temperature. I mean, you know, uh, 60s, low 60s, mid 60s each day. That, those are good numbers. Those are beautiful fall numbers. You know, you can tell that uh, you know the suns are you know the suns' angles is totally different than what we've been seeing for the last three months. Because you know we're you know. Was it Tuesday? Uh, we are at uh, you know we're, we're at fall, the real fall, uh, and you know actual fall. So uh, definitely uh, have made it to another season. I had our state rep Julie Alexander on, a friend of the show, friend of uh, Canutes and Sporting Goods for sure. I had her on yesterday morning, and we just played that interview back. And two things that I wanted to talk to you about with her. Speaking of the the frost, we tra- talked about uh, triple E and the mosquitoes and how they were uh, people were spray. They've been spraying for those. They've probably been spraying for them uh, around your area, haven't they? I have no idea, Jamie. I haven't heard the planes. Uh, I know that they're supposed to be spraying. Um, I'm not. You know, I don't know how big a fan I am of dumping chemicals on us but uh well right that's my um, point if they just would have waited two days mosquitoes are gone now well yeah it's you know again if if they have the ability to do this and why don't we do it in the spring (laughs) and in the middle of summer when so people can enjoy it if it's not harmful to us then why don't we do it (laughs) so it gets you a little worrisome when when they start dumping chemicals out of the sky on top of us Um, but it is what it is so explain to us because uh, I want to hear it from you. Explain to us the the, the rules or the, the law on sending minnows across state lines uh, that's currently in place right now. What do you guys have to deal with on a regular basis? Well, I mean, yeah, minnows going across, coming out of Michigan into another state um, used to be 100% against the law. 
we could import minerals like we do. Uh, most of our minerals come out of Wisconsin. Um, most of the minerals in the United States come out of Wisconsin or our, or, I'm sorry, most of the minerals in Michigan come out of, um, you know, not just me, but other places who bring minerals in, either come out of Wisconsin or um, Arkansas. Um, so it used to be that you couldn't even take minerals that we would import. We couldn't sell them to, say, shops that were in Indiana and Ohio, Illinois, um, if you know the border, the border state, the border states, and the border you know shops that are are down there, we couldn't sell the minerals that we'd imported. We couldn't export them. Um, back when Mike Shirky first came into uh, the state house, uh, we we worked together and we changed the the law so that we could take imported minnows and allow them to go outside of the state of state of Michigan. Now it had been people were doing it before before that time period, but. Around that time period, the, the federal um, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, different states were starting to fight um, movement of minnows, and they were using what was called the Lacey Act, which is a, is a, a transportation of of animals and, and uh, fish and stuff in between states, uh, you know, without having the proper laws, and they were using that, and so the minnow industry took a big hit around that time period, and I didn't want to have any accidents to happen. So I, I I fought hard to get that change. What didn't change in that time period is that minnows caught in the state of Michigan could not be transported out of Michigan. Um, that that uh, that that law exists today on the books. Um, it you uh, wild caught and basically the minnow that we're talking about is the emerald shiner, the one that everybody uses mm-hmm. in the winter time, you know, inland and uh, all across up and down the lake shores, um, you know, Lake Michigan, Lake. Lake Erie, Lake uh, St. Clair, and uh, Lake Huron. Um, and those minnows cannot be taken out of the state of Michigan. Well, back in late 70s, there was a uh, similar type situation, similar type law. Um, I believe it's called Hughes versus Oklahoma. Um, it all went all the way to the Supreme Court. There was a gentleman in Texas who had had... Uh, ponds and had uh, caught wild-caught minnows in Oklahoma and was transporting them into Texas. Well, um, under the Commerce Clause, uh, it, um, he, well, he was, he was uh, ticketed, fined, and he decided to fight it. And he fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. And, at the, and in 78, he won, um, he won a, a Supreme Court ruling on minnows, the U.S. Supreme Court, and those minnows can be taken. Uh, the, the state has no control over wild-caught bait or minnows and where it goes. It, you know, they can't dictate um, where, where it goes. So somehow nobody ever knew that this happened, or the DNR just said, hey, nobody's paying attention until we get you know, caught with it. We're just going to go and let it continue um, the, way, the way it is. Well, Tapio's girlfriend, who's working uh, as uh, you know, is working you know, for her law degree, happened to talk about one day last fall about you know about this minnow uh, thing that went to the Supreme Court. We were just having dinner, and she just, hey, you know, I heard this, and I said, what? And she goes, yeah. I said, show me that, and I read it, and it's like Michigan's not compliance. <laughs> we, we 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 are, you know, uh, you know. For the Supreme Court, Michigan is not in compliance with the with the current uh, current you know with 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 this situation. So, 
I got a hold of Julie, explained it to her. I mean, obviously, the, the, the easiest thing to do is change the law versus going through a whole lawsuit and, and, and fighting it with, within the state. And so she's working on that right now. And hopefully it's going to move along. Um, we went to committee in the middle of the summer, and hopefully it comes out of committee and goes into the House and then makes its way over to the Senate. So have you talked to her in the last few days? Not in the last few days. I talked to her earlier last week about it, and she said that it had uh, kind of stalled. But, again, with COVID and everything that's going on, I, I expected things to move a little slow. I mean, let's face it. So I don't, I'd be interested to listen to her conversation that you had with her this morning um, to see if, if something had changed early in the week. And she said she was going to push it along, uh, try to get it pushed along. And we haven't, I mean, obviously, everybody's busy with the election and everything else. So she may have got some things moving a little faster. So you should talk to her, but basically, and I don't want to screw this up, but I'll do the best that I can to recite what she said. They had to deal with somebody with the Department of Natural Resources, and the DNR has basically said, okay, we're going to take a neutral stance on this then. We're out of the deal. You figure it out. <laughs> they had no choice but to take a neutral stance. So in that committee meeting, they fought it, was, it, first. it was quite humorous because it was uh, we were there in person. They couldn't be the DNR couldn't be there in person because of of our um, governor. Um, so they had to do it by Zoom. And basically, they were given time. They they were given all the information to make a a, a statement. And um, when it, when they came for their turn to talk in committee, they basically had no clue that they were in violation of the Supreme Court, and they just kind of looked like deer in headlights with with the information. Sure. And one of the uh, one of the members on the committee just lit them up because they weren't prepared, didn't have any idea, and they were going to have to go get their legal people to look at it. That's that's where we left. That was back in, I want to say. Oh, man, that was probably July when we when we did that when we went up to Lansing and sat in committee. Well, it sounds like Julie's uh, committee has basically got it approved. It needs to go to the House floor. They'll likely approve it. Then it'll go to Senate, I guess. And yeah, then... and that'll be then they'll have to find sponsors in the Senate. And I don't see that as being an issue at this point because obviously, you know, our our local senators uh, in tune with what we do and, and uh, with with what Julie did. We started it, you know. Uh, you know, we had to start it in the house, and that was it was the way it went. And obviously, Mike Shirky will probably be involved in some way, shape, or form to get it to to move to the next level. Well, because of your conversation with Amanda, I'm thinking that they're just going to look at this and go, "Okay, we made a mistake, right?" That's all it should have done. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they should have just said we can't fight it. I mean, there's nothing to fight. I mean, it's it's obvious that we've we've wronged. See, they don't want to. Con- they don't want. They want to be able to control the number of minnows. They want to be able to, by not taking them out of the state of Michigan, is the state of Michigan's mentality is that we'd be taking too many minnows out and it'd be hurting our fish population, fish populations for feed. That was their, that was their statement. Now, under the, you know, there's, so the DNR is responsible for the quota. It doesn't matter where the fish go. So the state can say, hey, you're only going to be allowed X amount of gallons, which are eight pounds of fish. You're allowed only X amount of gallons out of these areas per year. And it doesn't matter where they go. They, you know, they can either go out of state or stay in state. I see. And, and see, before they, they had control of it because they said, okay, we're just going to take care of Michigan. That's enough. Well, you know, there, there, there's, a, you know it, there's a lot of different states who 
bring us yeah there are years where there's no shiners available they can't catch them they come late before before freeze up and so we get minnows from uh, shiner minnows from Wisconsin. Now last year it was a reverse. We didn't have a winter. We had zillions of gallons of of stored up emerald shiners that sat and didn't move. Um, and basically spring came and they were you know they, they by the time spring comes they can hold in ponds from October till spring and then they're done. Then they're you know then they're just cooked. Well those minnows could have been used in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and uh, they weren't. Um, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't used. So uh, you know that was shameful, wasteful, and uh, you know because they didn't have the, the they had the floodings up there and they couldn't get them. Well, so, I thought it was an interesting conversation that I knew just a little bit about, but I thought you'd be interested to know uh, what that was. So, well, and, and what's really funny is that uh, the industry doesn't even know I'm fighting for this. <laughs> and it's really not going to affect my business. It's not going to affect my business whatsoever, but it's an industry thing, and I felt that we'd be able to fight it and get it going um, without having a bunch of people trying to make changes and stuff. So this is kind of letting the cat out of the bag that the industry will, you know, if they happen to catch our show, most of them probably from the thumb won't because that's where most of them are from. Uh, they'll they'll find out that uh we're working really hard for those guys to, to be able to sell those those minnows now in other areas. Tom Knutson's on with our Knutson Sporting Goods Hunting, Fishing Report and more. Uh, how about fishing? What are the reports? Are people getting any fish right now? Oh, yeah, they're starting to catch. They're starting to catch fish. Absolutely. Uh, pike are coming in. We're getting, we're getting uh, you know, our annual. Uh, and, yeah, we've got two more weeks left in the in the um, fishing contest. Yep. And, uh, there's, yeah, the, the bigger fish are starting to show up. I seen some really nice crappie the other day, beautiful perch, um, a couple nice pike have come in. And, you know, obviously this time, within the next two weeks, the biggest bass of the year will always show up. It, it always does. Fall fishing's fun. Oh, it, it's, it's, if, if fishing's your thing, and you, you know, I mean, you got the, the crappie run, the walleye run, but when it comes to catching all fish, this is this is it right here. I mean, the, the fish are gorging. They're, they're you know they know what's coming, and when that water starts to, you know after their peak temperatures and it starts dropping that ten or fifteen degrees off their peaks, the fish know it's time to eat. Well, when it's thirty three for the overnight low, the temperatures go down quick. Yep, yep, yep. Let's let's just keep our fingers crossed. This is this is our this is our winter. Have has Lake Erie uh, heated up for perch? I I really haven't heard that yet. Well, the problem that it did, it was early, uh, early on, early part of August had been great. Problem is the winds have been ugly, ugly for, you know, four or five weeks. Wrong directions, you know, high winds. Um, but I'm starting to hear when it does settle down that they are finding the fish still and they're out there. So I think we're going to see a good next couple weeks on the perch run. Um, I just seen a report um, where was that at? I can't remember where I saw it, but uh, 2021 Walleye Lake Erie Spring will be an historic, beyond historic. I have no doubt. Walleye run. They said it just it's 2021 will be the year of all years on walleye. I can't wait. I have no doubt. In the, uh, yep. you know, we sit around talking about it. A lot of us that go down there walleye jigging. And, you know, I don't remember what Lake Erie was like, like um, the uh, the old guys that I talked to talk a lot about. I think it's like the late 70s, early 80s, um, about what the walleye population right. was. Right, that was down. after the water started clearing up before, before zebra mussels. Right. 
Yep. And but, it, but it's, I mean, we're, we're, we're so far above those numbers well, that's already. That's what they say. You know, that, that it's going to be amazing when you, when, I mean, you know, again, if we can get size, I mean, you know, that's a difference too. You, you know, if you're catching bluegill size walleye, that's different versus catching keeper walleye. Well, I like those 17, 18 inches, buddy. Oh, yeah, they eat the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yep. that's, that's that's the comparison that's always made. How is Lake Erie today, as far as numbers and the fishing, compared to then? And most of my buddies that live through that say, oh, hands down, it's better right now. Yeah, absolutely. No no doubt about it. I remember those days. Absolutely. I think the perch fishing was much better then. It was more consistent every year than it is now. I mean, but those last few years, you know, two two years ago, three years ago, when that perch run was what it was out of nowhere, you know that was the the historic, um, you know, big big push. Now, one of the best things that's that you know that could have happened is uh, Lake or um, Canada has op- opened back opened back up, or no, has opened it up to the general public to hunt comrades. Mm. And that right now, I'm going to tell you, is going to be the biggest plus because one now we're what three years into when the federal government, state, the, you know, the U.S. federal government stopped the shooting of or disposal of comrades, um, and immediately we saw the the population explode, and we watched the the birds, you know, come back, and now you start seeing where the perch go. It was almost immediate. You can you can correlate the two. I um I had a, I'm on Facebook friends with a guy who used to hunt geese around here with us um from Canada. Um he's a uh fishing guide um uh, and he is also a, a, a goose and duck hunter and on that first day which was the 15th he had you know he showed pictures of of the the comrades that they'd shot and he opened up one of the one of the birds and pulled out a uh 17-inch walleye. No kidding. So, and these birds eat up to, I believe the, the calculation is up to eight to nine pounds of fish a day. I don't doubt it. And they're, you know, I mean, and their 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 poop is acidic. That's why those islands that they that they nest on are, are barren of of any kind of vegetation because they're they're so acidic, and to to be able to. to um, uh, you know, uh, digest those those fish so fast that uh, you know they have very acidic uh, systems. Sounds like we need to open that season up here in the United States. Well, yeah, I think I, I think it's back open again now to the Fed because uh, federal the federal um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife was in charge of it, so they would give out some permits to different people to take care of them. I might have heard that, yeah. But over but over there, this is the first time that it, uh, Joe Duck Hunter can kill can kill comrades. So big, 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 big deal, and uh, you know, and they and I I've already heard that uh, some of the guys down in Monroe going, where'd all the comrades come from in the last three days? <laughs> <laughs> getting out of Dodge, getting out of Canada. <laughs> they, they, they crossed the border without a visa. Tom Knutson's on. You know, one thing that is a little concerning to me as a salmon fisherman or somebody that likes to do that, I guess I can't really call myself much of a salmon fisherman this year, but I'm hearing reports that those rivers like the Betsy River and the Pierre Marquette River, there's just not a lot of fish at all. I mean, there's very few fish coming up those rivers, which, I mean, makes sense. We quit stocking them, or at least to the level that we used to, but the fish are a little empty up there right now, and they should be loaded. yeah. Jim Martin uh, was over there on Thursday, and uh, he had him and his son had been doing a river fish with one of the, one of the ice fishing ice team fishing guys 
um, that go that that uh, guides the river. Uh, they were on the Marquette uh, on Thursday, and they ended up with three, and they broke off three or four more. Um, and they say that the average trip is is coming up with three or four fish. Where those trips this time of the year used to be limit trips, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So, so yeah, it's concerning because, uh, boy, last year it wasn't like this. But no, four years no. ago, four years ago was when they s- did the reduction in the stocking. Yep. So four yep. years later, that's when the salmon come up the river. Hello, do the math. Yep. You know, and the, and the fish that we, you know, we've talked about it in the spring, you know, all those fish that show up at uh, uh, Niles and uh, St. Joe's and move up to South Haven before in know, May and, and before they they you know just you know they disappear. Well, you know we as I said you know I always can thank Wisconsin for sending those fish over here because we know that they make a route. You know they have their route and we're lucky enough to get them over here because we got a lot of food for them and uh, they come over and feed and then they go back over there to spawn. Hey, before I let you go, uh, tell me what's up in the store. I'm guessing it's looking like a hunting store right now, too. <laughs> it's we're getting there, Jamie. Um, I'm not proud. I can tell you that we're we're struggling to get her filled. A uh, lot of uh, we've been busy. I mean, it's, that's the biggest thing is is that uh, um, you know we're just we're, we're working at it. Uh, so when you come in, it's not going to look the, the plump full like you're used to. But we're getting there. The merchant merchandise is coming in. We just got to get it on the floor now, and it's. Uh, it's been a challenge on every day, that's for sure. Being honest, <laughs> sure. Well, no you know, ammo. Ammo is an issue. You know, obviously that's been an issue for everybody. Uh, um, you know, Paul's struggling to find arrows. Uh, you know, scraping to find bolts for for uh, um, crossbows, different things like that. Uh, but we do got uh, you know quite a bit of stuff going in there. Archery stuff is you know the accessories are rolling in pretty good. So we're we're going to get there. It's just going to take a little longer than what we we like, and that's not the way we usually run. But uh, you know, in the in to be honest, fishing is just keeps keeps rolling and rolling and rolling, and so we're we're we're, we're having to you know split our time. Always appreciate it, Tom. Not a problem. Thank you, Jamie. You guys have a great weekend out there. Appreciate it, Tom Knutson, Knutson Sporting Goods, hunting, fishing, reporting more. We'll be right back.